Hello everyone and welcome to a special podcast from GameLuster.com. Today we are talking to On to the End developers. I'm your host Nima and I'm joined by two talented game designers from Tutan Studios and we are going to talk about their upcoming game On to the End, a cinematic handcrafted platformer coming up soon on Steam, uh, PS4, Xbox One and on Switch. So, if you wouldn't mind, you guys, let's introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about your game. Sure. Sure. Uh, uh, my name's Steven. Uh, and because uh, that's Sarah. Yeah, I'm Sarah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, we're a husband and wife dev team. Yeah. Uh, we've been working on Under the End for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Under the End is, uh, well, we, we think of it as a, a cinematic platformer. Uh, in the style of an action combat game. Uh, so if you kind of like think about that, uh, you, know, you, you have kind of like the pacing and tone and mood of like an inside, but you have uh, elements like deep combat and engaging encounters and stuff like you'd have in, a, in an action combat game. So Right, we don't really fit well into one genre. Right, exactly, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, so there's <laughs> not, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like uh, we, we sometimes joke with people like they're like, what genre is it? And we, we kind of say like, well, it's an unto, it's the unto the end genre. <laughs> doesn't really fit. Uh, there's not another game out there that really fits exactly like it. So uh, we're we kind took, of proud of that. And yeah, we took inspiration from so many. Yeah, we did. Like Punch Out inspired a lot of the combat, uh, and then you know Inside Limbo, Below, uh, a bit of Dark Souls, but more like mood and tone rather than systems and mechanics. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. It's definitely a very unique-looking game, and the combat is really amazing. Uh, there's this phrase that you used on the Steam page and the official website called a handcrafted platformer. Uh, I was wondering what, can you elaborate on the handcrafted? What does that mean? What does that entail exactly? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple aspects to it. One, you know, there's, I think anything handcrafted is about, uh, you know, the passion and uh, the, the love you put into it, uh, where every detail matters and, and everything has a place and a reason for being there. So that's, that's a big part of it. Um, so there's a lot of lore uh, in the game that you know no one will probably ever know about, but you know is there to add body and color to, to the experience. And then there's the technical side of it, right? The the game is actually hand painted. So um, we came up with a, a system for uh, rendering all the art in the game. So all the environments are drawn in the engine using. Um, simple planar polygons. We actually hired a contractor to do that work for us. Uh, and so Sarah and I work uh, in the engine and you know draw every rock and every tree uh, and all the landscapes by hand individually. So a lot of games are made using um, what are called like room kits, set pieces and, and level designers assemble those um, together. And, and instead Sarah and I you know hand drew everything. Right, if you zoomed out, yeah. we could basically show the game as one long canvas. That's exactly right. All of the room, what we call them rooms. Yeah. Um, and just how they would line up and make one huge map that really was drawn start to finish. Yeah. By hand. Yeah, like a 100 foot canvas, one foot high. You know, that's <laughs> kind of like how we think about it. On to the end has such a unique and challenging gameplay, beautiful art style, and a deep story. Which aspect of the game was the initial spark for development? Which part did you have the idea for working on first? It really was the combat system. And I guess you could say hand in hand, it was the also the art style, because we kind of knew we wanted a minimalist art style, but it really all centered around combat. Yeah, like we actually started, <laughs> uh, and for the first year of the game, 
it was like a white rectangle representing snow, right, right for the ground. And then the father, who, who ended up being the main character, fighting against this other creature. Actually, if you go way back to like Tig Source, you'll see like this early creature as like this mace. Right. And it was just like those two guys fighting each other. And actually, initially, like Sarah would be on the keyboard controlling the, the enemy. And then I would be, have the controller controlling the father. And we would just try out ideas like movement, attacks, and like, you know, how can we kind of build layers into the system? How can there always be risk and reward to all the actions? We had lots of ideas we chucked it's, out, it's right? It's gone through, through so many iterations. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we had a lot of stuff. Like we had power, power up moves. We had like charging, sprinting, you could kick guys. Uh, and we always wanted to make sure anything we did add wasn't just there to be there. Right. Uh, like we didn't, we never, we never want something like if any, either Sarah or I starts a sentence about a design idea saying it would be cool if, <laughs> but don't have any reason for the coolness. Like if it's only just cool and we, we normally take it away because it needs to have multiple layers to it. It needs to fit into multiple scenarios. And ultimately it needs to be something the player feels really like, engaged with and smart for discovering and mastering. Right. And it really did take us a long time. Yeah, about a year. To get here. Maybe yeah. even more, yeah. but, but at least a year. Yeah. Of playing, testing, yeah, showing it to friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome! How long have you been working on onto the end? I think when it's all said and done, it'll be four years. Yeah, four years. Yeah. I mean, and and before that, we had a couple years of just really learning. Right. Unity. Yeah. Um, wow. Getting better at art and, and, and animation and game design right. and all the stuff that goes into game design. But then once we kind of settled on, on, on two, yeah, it's been about four years. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy <laughs> to just, like say out loud. We're, but, so, yeah. we're so tired. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so you talked a little about some of the inspirations for the game, like Punch Out uh, and Dark Souls. Uh, uh, what was the inspiration for the atmosphere of the game and the story? We love talking about this aspect, really. So, like in terms of the art style, you know, I guess we we, we the atmosphere, yeah, atmosphere and, and kind of that. Like we really wanted to just create something. Uh, I guess that the player could feel immersed in, that they could kind of get lost in, and. and this might sound uh, weird, but you know, like when I watch it, like the old Star Wars movies, the thing I thought was cool is about them was not just like what Luke or Obi Wan or Han are going through, but what's going on in the background. And like, you know, you always want to like, oh man, I wish I could go see that as well as following the main story. And so we try to put that into all of uh, the environments and atmosphere. Like we always try to have cool stuff and history and lore in the backgrounds uh, uh, that both act as places for the creatures that you meet that they live and places that used to be there that you know have crumbled down or are no longer around and we really were inspired by a lot of our real world absolutely travels. yeah um iceland and scotland yeah turkey yeah um we both grew up in canada yeah. so even you know trips we've done up north right Ontario, a lot of snowy landscapes yeah. so a lot of things like often when we're out hiking we like to kind of get away uh from things you know like we we kind of pick a destination and then try and figure out how to get there uh, rather than doing like a tour guided stuff. And when you do that, you kind of have these experiences where you get lost or you're not sure of the right way. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, that creates these like moments where you, you kind of imagine like, well, okay, you know, we're in the modern kind of, you know, we're, we're in modern day. So there's lots of things that can help us. But what would happen if we, you know, we had to really rely on our, our wits and we didn't have like GPS and all this kind of stuff. Like what would that adventure be like? And, uh, what would it have been like, you know, three, four hundred years ago to walk through this landscape? And so those those kind of ideas and thought exercises, like, inspire a lot of the kind of things we put in, in the game. And there's a good amount of time in the game that you spend in caves. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that came from um, 
real life too. Just yeah. wanting it to feel claustrophobic, yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, How the darkness plays tricks on your mind. Like you, you're not sure what's around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Like shadows, like it really is weird. If you've ever been in a, in a truly dark space, cave or like a tunnel or cave. And you know, like the time, one time we did in Hawaii and we had like, like this crappy little flashlight. It's, it's scary. Like it's, it's, you know, there's reasons why in olden times, like the Vikings made up a lot of myths about things that lived in the mist and, you know, there's always been kind of this fear of the dark amongst humans. And so, you know, we try to play on a lot of that. You talked a little about the story that's in the background about the other races. How much of that story do we explore in the game? How much of it will we discover? Or will the story be more personal to the father character and his journey? Uh, yeah, I didn't really answer the question about the story. Sorry about that. Uh, so the, the story is, um, there, like, I have the philosophical answer here, and then there's kind of, like, the direct answer. But I'll give you a bit of both. So the Sarah and I really love games uh, that focus on the player, their experience, rather than uh, the, the character you control. So the story um, has, has elements and kind of layers to it and stuff, but it, it's more about how the player... Uh, decides to make it home. Like the actions they take, do they kill everything? Do they try to help creatures? Do they try to use items? Do they avoid fights? Uh, that's kind of the story. The story is, is born out of the player's actions. And the, all the characters have a reason for being there. They all like live in a certain place in the world for a reason. But they're, they're not there forcing a story upon you. We, we, um, we are okay with players, some players, <clears throat> we feel won't get the story. They might not understand exactly the nuance and the details, and that's okay because it's about how they made it through it, how their actions uh, ultimately made their experience different than, say, your experience or my experience or Sarah's experience. Having said that, we do have a lot of, uh, or we, we do have some uh, explicit storytelling through items mostly. So the items you get explain to you the different creatures that are involved. Actually, in the opening training scene that's in the demo, uh, if you open your backpack there, the character has, that's a memory, the character, the hero is going through that, you know, that's your wife and your daughter. So some people don't know if it's a boy or a girl, is that your daughter or your son? It's, it's your daughter, you know, that you're married. So you, you have a wedding band, you, you know, and, and it kind of like uh, allows you to discover the story and the, the kind of a little bit of the context if you're interested in that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's very it's much not, about the player. Right. It's not in your face. Yeah. It's not in your face. Uh, we want to tell a story that only games can tell. Uh, you know, games nowadays uh, use a lot of techniques from literature and film to tell stories, yeah. uh, and that's great. I mean, a lot of super talented people doing that stuff, and, and a lot of those stories are excellent. Uh, but there's also opportunities to tell stories that don't use those techniques, that use techniques that only games can t- can use, and, right, and those experience yeah, those tend to be more interactive and, and action based. Yeah. Right. How does the father character fit into the universe? What's his place? What's his relationship to? the other races and creatures that he encounters. Uh, how does he fit into the story from the player's point of view? Well, that's a great question. So yeah. we, uh, it might sound weird, but uh, we didn't want the father to be like the star of the journey. Like he's not saving the day. Well, meaning we didn't want, he's not like a hero. Yeah, he's not like a typical, Super you know, he's not a hero trying to like, yeah. you know, save the save the, the world or the galaxy. Power he's not like a, yeah, he's not like a super, <laughs> warrior or something. It's just a dude. So we, we tried to uh, take the, the idea of, hey, you're out walking to the forest, right? And you come across this event. What do you do? So let's take like a random example. You're out hiking through the forest and you come across a bear. 
what do you do? Do you like run? Do you try and give it food? Do you try and attack it? Like, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that situation? Um, and then we just basically put that in a whole bunch of different contexts throughout the, the journey. Adding creatures. Adding creatures, giving reason for them to being there. So like, uh, you know, in the demo, you come across uh, these creatures. They're actually like two different clans are warring with each other. And the father happens to like come out of a cave and he's in the middle of the aftermath of, the, of a battle. And there's still some creatures around and then they're like, who's this human? You know, they attack the father. And now it's up to the player to deal with that situation. It's really just what he encounters on his way home. Exactly. He might not know what this what this fight is about, yep, but yep. you still have to get through it to get home. Exactly. Yeah, and what kind of person are you? When you come to that situation, is your first instinct to kill the thing in front of you? Uh, or is it to maybe take a moment and think about, are there other ways to do this? Or even, you know, can I help these creatures? Can I take a side, so to speak? So uh, we just thought that was cool. Like, that's what we love about going out and doing adventures on our own. Uh, is that kind of you're not sure the right or wrong thing, but right, and there might there isn't necessarily yeah exactly right or wrong. that's exactly right yeah so um, yeah it's kind of a weird way to describe because you know like in stories and games uh, you know recently at least you know they they have like they're very concerned with you getting a story and and having a very specific experience and when they add variance to it it's about it's like you can do A or B. But it's definitely like an A or B, right? Like there's very distinct paths. And uh, that wasn't really what we wanted it to be about. We wanted it to be more about just the player trying to get home and overcoming these situations and having these situations feel like they're bigger uh, than the player, that they're, the world is in flight and the father happens to be going through it. Makes sense. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, it sounds like uh, me as a player, I don't know what, what's going on in the world exactly. It seems like the father doesn't know either, so we really... Yeah, absolutely. That's very much the, <laughs> yeah. that's very much the case. And your father can kind of make guesses and assumptions, and there's some pe- places that are it's more uh, uh, direct and more obvious as to what's going on. Uh, but, you know, like, like real life. You know, like, we often thought about, like, how... Let's, let's uh, take, like, um, meet a creature, or, or, like, an alien comes and visits, or you meet someone in a different country and you don't speak the same language. Like, how do you communicate? Right. Uh, and so we played a lot on that. Like, uh, and, you know, you don't know each other. So how do you how do you how do you deal with these situations? We we wanted to uh, kind of have that experience. Right. Uh, Keep for some of the history. Yeah, there. exactly. It's definitely not ex- all explained. Absolutely. Yep. Since there isn't any direct storytelling, it's more environmental and atmospheric. I'm guessing we don't see many dialogues or voiceover in Unto the End. Am I right? There's, there's, there is, uh, go ahead. Yeah, there's voice acting. Yeah. Mm. Creatures. Yeah. Uh, and then Sarah and I did some voice acting in the forms of like grunts That's and uh, breathing and stuff like that for the characters. But mm. yeah, there's no, no pop ups. Yeah, there's no, there's no walls of text or, or, uh, you know, dialogue trees or dialogue exchanges. Mm. Um, it's more like inside or limbo or below uh, if you've played those games uh, oh. where the, the, story is told mostly through the environment and through the actions uh, you know between the player and the world or, or sorry the main character of the world and the main character and other creatures tell us a bit about music of onto the end are you guys done with sound design and music writing what was the mood that you were going for and how did it pan out in the end no it's pretty it's pretty it's fully developed, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's really more atmospheric yeah absolutely yeah like we uh, so if you look at like a Dark Souls, uh, the, the music is very orchestral and very big and grand. And it, it uh, 
Actually, if you've ever struggled in a Dark Souls boss fight, a good technique is to turn the music off because it, it's, <laughs> yes. the music is intentionally like very high attention. It makes you very, at least makes me very nervous. Uh, so we wanted... So we're the opposite. Yeah, we're the opposite. So our, our music is very atmospheric and we put a lot of emphasis with our, our sound designer, Francesco Meglio, did all of the sound as well as some music. And he's and fantastic. He's been amazing. Uh, and then Johnny Niddle is our, our music composer. Uh, and so he both did musical tracks as well as really had some very cool approaches to generating, yes, I would say a sound library or a collection of instruments. Uh, so he actually took apart an old grand piano that he left outside for a year uh, and got a lot of sounds from that uh, teardown. Right, because we knew we wanted it to be gritty. Yeah, and very organic yeah. and very uh, distinct, right? And so uh, it's a very long-winded way of saying that uh, we wanted the emphasis to be on combat and on the creatures you're engaging with. So there's a lot of emphasis on the father's breathing, the father's state, in whether he's in combat, whether he's traveling, whether there's swords out or not, he's whether bleeding. he's wounded, yeah. uh, and then the creatures as well. So there, I don't know how far you got in the demo, but near the end of the of the demo, there's an exchange with a creature on a bridge, and he vocalizes, you know, in a way to communicate with uh, the father. Um, but you don't, you know, you don't know what he's saying, and that's the intent that, that he's clearly trying to communicate something to you, and it's more about reading his body language than than his words. Awesome. Uh, so, how much more are you guys gonna work on the game? <laughs> when like when can we expect the release date and the final product? Uh, we, uh, I mean, you can definitely expect it this year. Mm. Uh, the game is uh, pretty much done. And, uh, you know, there is, it's kind of in the hands of, of uh, uh, you know, others at this point. Um, and we're, we're kind of just waiting for that to all, all happen. But we'll be releasing, we'll be announcing the release date soon. Soon, yes. Yeah, we, were, we will be announcing the release date soon. We're really excited, actually, to, to kind of officially tell everyone when it's going to be coming out so people can kind of, uh, you know, mark it on their calendar, so to speak. We, uh, we really appreciate, we have some people that, uh, you know, Ping us and say, hey, I've been following this game since the beginning, and that means a lot to Sarah and I because it, you know, it has been a long journey, uh, and I think games are in general becoming taking up more and more time, and they, they take longer to make than ever before, and so uh, we really appreciate people, you know, sticking with that. So yeah, tell us a little more about Onto the End demo that's available on Steam. Um, I mean, uh, I, I like one thing to, to note is like the demo. It, it, we really love the demo. It's a slice of the game, so the demo is not uh, like a special one-off. It, it's part of the game. Uh, it, the demo has a lot of fights in it, and we're you know we're really proud of the combat system. We're also proud of of the fact that you don't always have to fight, and uh, the, the encounter at the end of the demo is an example of that. But there's there's quite a few of those types of encounters scattered throughout uh, the game. Uh, we wanted it to be a game that uh, uh, you know you could kind of approach in different ways and had a lot of replay ability to it. Uh, that was focused about combat around combat mastery, but also rewarded exploration, uh, taking your time observing right. the, the actions of the creature, right. uh, reading the item descriptions to figure out how you can make use of them. Observant uh, player will be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, you know, can be as as successful we feel as the player with great reflexes, right? Hmm. Um, so that you know, that's that's an important thing to us. We spent a ton of time on those those things, and and we did it with the understanding that. Uh, some people might not discover them, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Like we, we took that risk because we felt it made a better game. Um, and yeah, ultimately that's what we're excited about when we make games is taking risks, having a distinct perspective, 
uh, trying to do something different. Right. And it might not be for everyone, and, yeah. and that's okay. And that's okay, too, right? Uh, that's kind of one of the advantages of being an indie and trying to make a piece of art. You know, when you try and uh, go after a piece of art, I think uh, the best art, uh, you know, it, it does have perspective, and, and uh, it, you know, not everyone necessarily agrees with it, uh, and, and that's good. You know, that's a good thing, I think. I think you want uh, uh, creations creation. like that, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, how much of the game... Did we see in the demo? Uh, how much more will there be? How much? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the, the demo is a very, very small slice of yeah. the game. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, the demos. There's, there's, yeah, it's, it's really just a small little slice of the of the game. So there's, there's lots more to the game, and, and the journey, uh, you know, has a lot more in it. Um, yeah, I mean, we we picked that area because uh, initially it was for a conference, right? It was for EGX when we first showed it, and uh, combat was different. That's why we started the demo with the training. Yeah, exactly, right. Not how the game. Yeah, the, the full game doesn't start with the training. The training is is something you can uh, go back to at any time uh, from any rest fire. Um, it actually has some kind of little Easter eggs in it uh, as well. Uh, you know, things you can. There's it has replayability in the training itself. Uh, so I see some achievements that are attached to. That's another training. way that we didn't want to force players into something. Absolutely. That, like you have to go. You have to choose to go into that training the yeah. first time you play the game. Yeah. And not everyone likes training, right? right. Like some so people like to just, someone, yeah, exactly. just do it entirely on their own, mm-hmm. and uh, they want to struggle and learn, and they don't they don't want to they don't want to be told how to play at all, and uh, that's cool. Like we we're f- totally fine if that's how people want to play, but also we if someone wants to go, you know, into the training dozens of times and just practice, that's also totally fine with us. So uh, we wanted to very much leave it in the player's hands. That's what I did. I was in the training for hours. It has such a hard uh, gameplay to master and go forward in the game. It it's it becomes necessary to go back to the training sometimes. And yes, uh, yeah, it's a uh, absolutely like we we approached it kind of like um, in Punch Out. How little Mac? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you played Punch Out, but it, little Mac has all like he has all of his moves from the beginning. It's kind of about the player, like learning how to use the, when to block, when to duck, when to dodge, when to punch high, low. Et cetera, right, like et from the beginning, yeah. you have all the moves. Yeah, yeah. And so it is very much uh, about you figuring out how to use them and and uh, reading and reacting in the moment exactly. to each encounter because yeah. they're all different. Yeah. And it's not about memorizing a, a pattern. Right. Yeah. Like we, we built the AI so that two things we did uh, early on: we knew we didn't want a Dark Souls. Save model, so like we, we save at regular checkpoints, like inside or hyperplay drifter. And it, the, the emphasis is like getting back into a fight. Like you, you die and you get back into the fight. You die, you get back into the fight. Uh, and then we wanted to make it so that uh, the, the enemies had different tactics. Like when you fight them, they always wouldn't they wouldn't always follow the exact same routine. Uh, and so that it always kind of felt challenging and novel and stuff like that. To as great an extent as is possible. Right. So I mean. It, uh, I, I, well, I we didn't de- we definitely didn't realize like you know true we didn't pass the Turing test to realize artificial intelligence yeah just the two of us but we tried we tried very hard to make it you know that enemies feel alive and smart and stuff like that. Uh, does the enemies uh, gain more power and become more powerful while our character stays at the same power level as it progress through the game? And I would yeah. say the enemies get more skillful at combat. As you go through uh, the game, but because I, just as we hope, you as the player are getting more skillful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, that we tried very much to pace the game based on like every encounter teaches you something. Mm-hmm. 
And if you get through that encounter, then you'll be more prepared for the next encounter. And every once in a while, we throw a, a, an opponent at you where you have to use, like, it may put more emphasis on duck or more emphasis on blocking or more emphasis on, you know, uh, crowd control and using, like, your, your spin bash and your dagger and stuff. Um, but, yeah, the enemies don't... It's, it's hard for us because we made the game and know all the enemies inside now. But it, it, the intention wasn't to make the game like harder and harder. It was it was more about like novel, novel excuse me, novelty and challenge, like keeping the player always engaged and always like having to kind of learn something new. Um, each, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt because each encounter itself is almost like a puzzle. Yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, where you are kind of trying to figure out the strengths and weaknesses and right. where you can. Yeah. And it might seem impossible at first. Right. But. For example, if you pick up a spear, yeah, it yeah. Can, a fight could be over pretty quick. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really good point. And so, I like, mm, how to phrase it? Like, okay, so th there is no uh, opponent in the game that does, like, you know, uh, like, super damage or has superpowers, like, throws fire or lightning or, like, uh, there's no enemies that have, like, insane health bars or, like, uh, every enemy, I think this is true, with the right weapons and technique can be killed in, like, three or four hits. Uh, and it's all just really about your skills as a player and how do you, you like use the things you've been given to overcome them. So yeah. and reacting yeah. in that moment to exactly. block high, yeah. you know, yeah. just block low. Yeah, countering and yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. So are you guys planning on working on a new project after onto the end's release? So that's a good one. Yeah, uh, we're gonna take a nap first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, tons of ideas. We, we're always talking about you know we'd like to do next and where we could go next I, I think a lot of it will depend on how under the end does mm -hmm. uh we're really proud of it uh we sure hope people like it um you know if this makes us too artistic i don't know we, we you know we we want to we feel um it's important when you make a game to kind of have a, a perspective and, and uh, have a voice and uh, you know, if, if no one likes the game and doesn't like our voice then it would be hard to do new games and, and more games uh, because that's not our goal. Our goal is not to just like make a fun, entertaining thing for everyone. It's it's to try and make something that you know people really love and really kind of can sink into. So right. So we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We hope so. We really <laughs> hope so. We hope we hope so. Uh, we'll, yes. Yeah, so we'll definitely take a little bit of a break uh, before we do anything, and then kind of start going on the next one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm definitely waiting to see what you guys will do after this. I'm looking forward well, to on to the end, and I can't wait to play the full game. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention before we end the interview? Oh, uh, just thanks a lot. Uh, if you if you are listening, uh, it really helps. Uh, Sarah and I are just a, you know a small studio, so it really helps if you wish this the game on Steam. Uh, if you have a friend that you think might be into it, like tell them about it. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, just really just, just a lot of fun to chat. Uh, and, thank you uh, for joining yeah, me. All uh, yes, you can uh, find onto the end on Steam. Uh, the demo is still av available. You can play a small slice of the game. Uh, thank you, Steve and Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Absolutely, our pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening to Game Luster Talks to Onto the End Devs. We had a nice little chat with Steven and Sarah from Teuton Studios. We are hoping to see Unto the End in its full glory very soon and hope you guys enjoyed too. Thank you and goodbye.